Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We're presented by The Athletic. The NBA has broken itself. It is exploding just every which way right now. So I got Tony Jones on, uh, like I said we would on the last podcast, to or two podcasts ago, to come on and break down every single little thing that's happening in the NBA. So let's start with the Bruce Brown deal. Tony, what do you think? <laughs> okay, first of all, before I mean, before we get to all of this, didn't we didn't, we did we potted last week and we said this was going to happen. Like we said that yo, this is going to be this is going to be a crazy sprint yeah. to the start of the regular season only because and it was for for everything. I mean, you have because you have A it's a sprint to the start of the regular season, right? Yep. B Everything is so close together. C, there's no money on the market. So D, guess what? There's going to be the trade market is going to be popping. And, and right now we haven't even gotten a draft night. And like, yeah, you know, I I don't know how much you're talking to people about and talking to agents, talking to executives about just the draft itself. The level of uncertainty about the draft is insane. Like, me doing a mock draft for this draft is so I, I was thinking about this earlier. Like most of the time it feels like I'm like a little bit closer than the typical line that you throw at a dartboard from, right? Like a dart you throw from like, what, like 12 feet away or something. I don't fucking right. know. Like right. it's, it's something like that. Most years I feel like I am probably throwing darts from like somewhere between like six and 10 feet away. Like, I, I tend to have a pretty educated guess. Like, the year that, what was it? It was 2018, the Michael Porter year. Uh, I got 10 of those 14 picks right. I basically knew what was going on in the lottery. Like, I felt like I was throwing darts from, like, six feet away from the board. Last year, it was probably like I was throwing darts from, like, nine feet away from the board. This year, I feel like I am throwing darts from five feet behind the line while the board moves up and down in every which direction because it is absolutely impossible to know. Like I was talking to an agent earlier today and he goes, look, typically we have an idea of where the final landing place is for clients right like it might not be they might not take the player but we know where their floor is because we have a team that we re- that really likes them and if they fall there we'll know no one is even giving agents that kind of assurance on players this year because so many different balls are in the air for trades like it feels like almost every team's first round pick is gettable. And part of it's because this draft is not very good. And then the other part of it is that these teams need these picks to either in some cases get off of salary or in some cases try to win now. Or, you know, if you're Atlanta, you have a core, you know, you you can try and maneuver around within that core and get the guys that you want. Like it's, it's absolutely crazy. Well, here's the thing. I I think that there is, there is enough, um, there was enough unrest within the league in terms of rosters. And, and I think the other thing is, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that everybody knows that a title is gettable. I mean, yes, the Lakers are the best team in the league, yep. but we aren't talking about the 2017 Warriors where 
everybody's just playing for second. We're not talking about, you know, the 2012 Heat, you know, where everybody's pretty much playing for second. You know, this is a, a rather uh, parody-driven league. And, you know, I, I, we're going to segue to this, but even if the James Harden deal happens and he somehow finds his way to Brooklyn and I'm skeptical of that but even if that happens let's say that happens that team still has enough warts that team still has enough warts that it's still you know rather a rather parody driven league what made the Warriors the Warriors is that they had Stephen Curry Kevin Durant Clay Thompson Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, and the best and 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 the best uh, uh, supporting cast in basketball and complementary skill sets. All of those compl- players have complementary skill sets. All of them complementary skill sets. It is going to be so hard to build a team that good ever again because yep. of the salary cap constraints. That you know we're going to have some level of parity. So. You know, the Lakers are the best team in the league, but the Lakers have their warts. The Brooklyn Nets are a great team, but they have, they're going to have their warts. Uh, the Boston Celtics are a very, very good team. They're going to have their warts. The Clippers are a very, very good team, but they're going to have their warts. You're just not next year going to, you next, at least for this next year, you're just not going to have a team that's so head and shoulders above the rest, uh, of the league that teams feel that they can't go for it. So teams, teams are like, okay, we can really go for this. And that's what's driving what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I feel like that's absolutely 100% true. Also, we're in the era of player empowerment, and maybe this is where we shift to James Harden, where James Harden has two years plus a player option that is exorbitantly expensive. This is an ultimate power play to try to get out of Houston because... The title window is closing, and frankly, Tillman Fertitta is cheap. Like, let's just call it what it is, right? If Tillman Fertitta, or as uh, Kendrick Perkins so aptly described him, Tillman Fertitta, if that guy was willing to pay money for a guy like Trevor Ariza, if he was willing to pay money to keep P.J. Tucker happy, or to do X, Y, and Z, this... We wouldn't even be talking about this, I don't think. Like, this would not even be an issue. But because this dude is as cheap as he is, and because, like, they made the Russell Westbrook deal, and that did not work out well. uh, Honestly, I think that was Daryl Morey throwing a Hail Mary, knowing that, you know, he might be willing to bounce within 18 months of throwing that Hail Mary. Uh, This team is in just an impossible situation going forward because you have James Harden, who is a top five or six player in the league. Let's say you can make a case for him being like literally the best offensive player in the league. You can make a case for him, you know, being the sixth best player in the league. I don't really give a fuck what case you want to make, right? He's an unbelievable franchise talent. And he has turned down a two year, $103 million contract extension. Think about, how low James Harden's balls are dragging on the ground right now from turning down $50 million a year. He turned down $50 million a year to get out of Houston right now to try and get out. I honestly, and I honestly don't blame him. 
Neither do I. Tillman Fertito, we're out. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. I mean, his his owner showed who he was. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. So this comes from Jonathan Fagan in Houston. Uh, Woj has been reporting all of this initially, but Fagan got some really good color uh, in the Houston Chronicle. Harden has made it clear that rather than finish his career with the Rockets, he wants to be dealt to the Nets to play with Kevin Durant, his former Oklahoma City teammate, and Kyrie Irving. He also indicated that he has no interest in going anywhere besides Brooklyn and believe the Rockets should make the best deal with the Nets that they can, even if they do not consider it satisfactory. I mean, first and foremost, like ballsy of James, just to like be like, yeah, take whatever deal they give you, fuck off. Second... I don't really see Brooklyn having enough here to get this done without a third team. Do you? I I have a I have a trade that Brooklyn should do. Okay. <laughs> you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Karis Levert, Jared Allen, and Kyrie Irving for James Harden and picks. For James Harden and picks. Or are no, you adding yeah. picks? No, I'm adding picks for, on Brooklyn side for James Harden. Yeah, I mean, that, look, that's, I, I mean, to be honest, I mean, Brooklyn will never do it, but that's what they should do. I agree. Like, I, I would, I'd, I'd rather, I'd much rather pair Harden and Durant than pair Durant and Kyrie and Harden. Yeah, I think, I, I think there's only one basketball that, that you can use at once. That two is better than that three, and. Are you still there? I'm still here. Oh, I'm sorry. And then you keep Spencer Dinwiddie. You have him. You put him in the old Oklahoma City James Harden role as six man. You keep Spencer Dinwiddie, and then you build. Then you build around around that. If you're Brooklyn, if I'm Brooklyn, that's what I do. To be honest, because I'd rather have Harden than Kyrie Irving, and if you know, if uh, a centerpiece trade of Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie is not going to get me James Harden, I'd rather just go get James Harden. I generally agree with that, that I would be willing to do that if I was Brooklyn. The problem is, I don't know if I if that's the deal that I want if I'm Houston. I well, don't see, that, know that, that I that's, mean, the that's the deal the that thing. I want. That's the thing. Houston doesn't have to acquiesce here. Yeah. James Harden like has I, three... James Harden has three years left on his contract. <laughs> I mean, you they know can what? absolutely like, hold him hostage for a year. I'm cool with A, waiting this out if I'm Houston, right. and exactly. or B, trading him somewhere else. There are other contenders in the NBA with better assets than what Brooklyn has. Like, if you're the Houston Rockets, would you rather have Michael Porter Jr.? Or Kyrie Irving going forward? I'd have to think about that, but I'll, I'll, I'll probably go with Michael Porter Jr. Probably. Given that you're going to have to rebuild and that I don't think Kyrie gets you to the playoffs in the West, I would want cost-controlled, high-upside young players. That's that's very true. We're not talking about in a vacuum. So, yes, let We'll we'll say Michael Porter Jr. So let's say if if you're here's the other one. 
if you're Minnesota, why are you not calling right now and saying, we will give you the number one overall pick in D'Angelo Russell? And what else? Jared Culver? Sure. Whatever you want. That's a better deal for Houston than anything <laughs> Brooklyn want. can offer. Yes. If you're Houston, you should just trade. You should, you should take that. You should absolutely 100%. Listen, I don't begrudge James Harden for what he's doing right now. And I think if you're Houston, you have to do what's of sound business sense, which means you and, and right now the team that has the leverage, the, the side that has the leverage is the Houston Rockets because of the length of, yep. of, of James Harden's contract. So they should absolutely take the best deal uh, that's available rather than uh, acquiesce to what James Harden is saying and take slot from Brooklyn. Because frankly, if Kyrie Irving is not in that deal going back to Houston, Brooklyn cannot put together, uh, cannot really put together a great offer. If you're Houston, this is like the most hilarious scenario to me. You definitely take Andrew Wiggins in number two overall instead of anything Brooklyn offers, right? Um, plus, you know, would, Eric no, Pascal no, and no, whatever you no, want to offer. No, it would have to be number two plus the Minnesota 2021 pick. Sure. Great. You'd have to take done. That. Done. Okay. Like so, <laughs> if you're, yeah. if you're golden state, I mean, you're getting so, James Harden done. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, but that's a better offer than what Brooklyn is. Yeah. So if you're, I mean, if you're Houston, call golden state. You can get both those picks, you know, Wiggins is whatever, but both those picks, Kavon Looney and Eric Paschal and probably something else gets it done. And then you have Stephen Curry, James Harden, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Super Team is freaking back. Or if you're Houston, you're asking for Clay Thompson. I don't think I would rather have number two in Minnesota. You're probably asking for Clay Thompson, but it's like number two in that Minnesota pick is better than anything I've heard of yet for the Houston Rockets. Like you, you only have to beat everyone else's offer. You don't have to beat yourself and give up everything. Well, the number two in the Minnesota pick, I mean, that, that's pretty enticing, especially because Houston has zero assets whatsoever. Right. And if I'm Houston, and this is going the way that it seems to be going, I have zero capital but, going forward, like you said. Okay. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, for instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One recently knows that 
it's basically only available in Japan. And you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account, nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord, and it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. So here's my question if you're Houston. How do you go? I mean, what do you do if there's no incentive to tank, right? Because they don't have any picks. <laughs> but um, how do you go in the next year with uh, a disc? James Harden doesn't want to be there. Russell Westbrook was, doesn't want to be there. By the sounds of it, PJ Tucker doesn't want to be there. By the sounds of it, Eric Gordon doesn't want to be there. I mean, teams have got to be calling all over the place trying to trying to pry Robert Covington away. Yep. I mean, what, what? I mean, just right now, you are a mess. Like you are such a mess. That's a lot of people. Oh yeah. Speaking. Are, by the way, do you know how everyone's trying to pry away Robert Covington? Everybody's probably trying to pry away PJ Tucker. Uh, literally, the Portland Trailblazers have pried away Robert Covington. <laughs> The Rockets are sending Robert Covington to Portland for Trevor Ariza, number 16, it looks like, the 2020 first-round pick, and a 2021 protected first-round pick. That is a hell of a trade for Portland. That's a great trade for. I think it's a great trade for both sides. That's a great trade for Houston because now you you get some assets back. Yeah, this is good. I think that this is a smart deal across the board for everyone involved. Because the is... Robert Covington is exactly what Portland needs, and these picks are exactly what Houston needs. Yes, absolutely. This you is know, a home. What, this is good across hey, Sam, the board. Sam, do you know how good a team we are? <laughs> <laughs> what a move! Right in the middle of talking about this, 
Right in the middle, we got Woj coming down from the heavens. We got Woj bombing us from the heavens with hilarity. Okay, we have to talk about Portland now, right? Because that is a great move for them. It's a great move for them. It's that a, is great, a great, great trade. move for them. That's not a good trade for them. That is a great trade for them. Yeah, because the rumor of who Portland was looking at at number 16, have I told, I think I've told you this, right? You told me the rumor, yes. Yeah, that, and I've written it, so it's not like I'm like breaking news here. Oh, uh, so you And I think Hollinger, Hollinger has written it as well. Uh, I was told that they were looking heavily at J Scrub at 16. Yes. Um, yes. I don't know that they would have taken J Scrub at 16 because I don't think any other team in the NBA is going to take J Scrub in the first round. But, Jay Scrub was heavily in the mix there. And if they were going to take him at 16, this is like a no doubter. This is a no doubter for Portland to do this. Because you essentially, from your end, may be trading Jay Scrub and a future first for Robert Covington. And I don't mean to like shit on Jay Scrub or anything, but. You know, a guy that most teams do not have as a first-round pick right now, I would say. Yes. I I I think that if you're Portland, this is a no-brainer. Oh, my God. Um, um, fin- uh, finish okay. your thought. We have another one. Okay, I'm finished. No, hold on, hold on. Let me, I, I have my Twitter open. I'm going to look at this. Drew. Oh, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> what what timing on this podcast? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We are we're it's it's incredible. Um uh, this, Drew Holiday's this, going to Milwaukee. Blew up. Which that is the guy. That is the guy that Milwaukee needed. I have no idea. They they have to be mortgaging their future. For Drew Holiday. But your future is already mortgaged if you lose Giannis. Eric Bledsoe and George Hill plus draft compensation. This has to be multiple first round picks. Has to be has to be 24. Has to be. Honestly, given that it's 24, might be two other ones. Drew going, what, to, Drew going to Milwaukee. To to go with Chris Middleton, to go with Giannis, to go with the what the rest of they have of what they have, it might not matter if Brooklyn gets James Harden. I still might pick Milwaukee. I would. I'll be honest with you. I, I would probably pick Milwaukee. But here's the thing: here, Drew Holiday is genuinely a perfect fit across the board for everything that Milwaukee does. He is an incredible on-ball defender. He's incredible at getting through screens. He is incredible at contesting from behind in the same way that Eric Bledsoe is. The thing is, he is a monstrous upgrade over Eric Bledsoe. Oh, it's not even on offense. Man, it's it's not even it's not even close. It's not even close because number one, Drew is phenomenal. Drew is terrific off the dribble. Uh, he's very good off the catch and shoot. He's he's um, um, really good at getting to the line. He's good at getting to the basket, and 
you know what? And I, and I think, I think that, you know, when in the playoffs, when you're in the last five minutes of the game and you need somebody to bend the defense off the dribble in the half court, you can, you can count on Drew, Drew Holiday to be able to do that. Yep. They now have two isolation shot creators on offense next to Giannis in Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Yes. That is an enormous, enormous win for Milwaukee. Milwaukee needed to do something like this. I'm fascinated to see what happens with Giannis and the Supermax. Like, I I don't think it's like a done deal that he's not going to sign it. Uh, These are the kind of moves you need to make, though, in order to convince someone that signing a Supermax with your team at some point is worthwhile. If you are Milwaukee, would you rather Drew Drew Holiday or would you rather Chris Paul? Probably Chris Paul because Chris Paul is better and he signed for two years. But the money was going to be exceptionally difficult to work for Chris this Paul. Has got, this has got a signal to Giannis Antetokounmpo that the owner that ownership is pushing his chips all in on the table in a small market. He's got to respect that, right? Like, I think so. If, no question. I absolutely think so. I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like, like the fact that they didn't give up Dante DiVincenzo here potentially either is interesting to me as well. That kind of surprises me because you would think that Dante is more valuable than the number 24 overall pick that they're theoretically getting here unless New Orleans decided to place their bets on Giannis leaving and go all future draft capital. I'm, I'm going to say this is what I'm going to say. I think Drew Holiday is such a perfect fit for Milwaukee because he's you can slide him over to point guard, but in sliding him to point guard because he played two guard, uh, he played two guard in, in in New Orleans for the most part. But in sliding him over to point guard, you're not taking the ball out of Giannis's hands, and that yeah. is the the worry that I have with Chris Paul. Like if you have Chris Paul, in effect, you're kind of taking the ball out of Giannis's hands because Chris is not really effective without the ball, right? Yep. If you have Drew Holiday, Drew is very effective without the ball. So Drew can simultaneously play point guard and simultaneously and it, all while letting Giannis still do his thing and be be Giannis and be the ball dominant Giannis that he is. Same thing with Chris Middleton. If if it fits with Chris Middleton as well, I, I just think for Milwaukee that's just a home run pick, home yeah. run home run pickup. Yeah. This this was the guy. Given the fact that I think Chris Paul was basically not going to happen just due to the salary constraints, it was going to be impossible unless they included like Brooke Lopez in addition to what they included. And at that point, you're really, really kind of just demolishing this team a little bit in a real way. I think Drew Holiday is the best that they reasonably could have done. 
and they deserve immense credit for going out and getting this deal done. And I'm fascinated to see what this draft compensation is. And I'm sure we'll find out uh, at some point in this podcast while we're recording. Uh, Robert Covington, I just want to go back to Robert Covington. He's a perfect fit in what Portland does defensively, too, because he's such a monster in help on the backside. They need that guy who can just be an elite-level backside rim protector and uh, help defender who can tag onto guys while keeping his arms and passing lanes and all that stuff. They really what, needed someone to be able to do that behind you know Nurkic as Nurkic plays the drop. You know what they just basically picked up? They just basically picked up Prime Mo Harkless with a forty percent three point shot, and better defensively, and better defensively. Yeah. So yep. you just you just picked up you just picked up Alpha Rukamino with spacing. Yeah, it's a dangerous dude. It's a dangerous. That's a, dang- that's a dangerous guy to play with with Damian Lillard and. Yep. And and CJ McCollum. And now if you're Portland, uh if you're Portland, I think you absolutely one hundred percent no brainer um bring back Carmelo Anthony. Sure. Why not? I don't I don't have a problem with that. I don't know that well, it's like a necessity, but yeah, why not? But it it's is not a necessity, but now you have I mean, now you have Carmelo's ability to catch and shoot. I thought Carmelo uh uh, I thought Carmelo uh, was really good in Portland last year, um, but now you have more uh, more defensive help for Carmelo. You can hide him better. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really great point. And also, I, I do want to note this for New Orleans in the Drew Holiday deal. We're just going to be flipping back and forth as all this shit happens. Um, I actually... Yeah, I think that they probably should have gotten Dante in this deal. I'm fascinated to see what the draft compensation is. Like, if you told me it's three first-rounders, I would not be stunned. Um, I actually kind of like George Hill for them. Like, George Hill really helps them quite a bit because he's an elite-level shooter. And they need elite level shooting next to Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. Um, I, I definitely think this puts the ball in Lonzo's hands, which yeah. is a, which I think is a good thing for Lonzo, uh, and I think it's a good thing for New Orleans as well because um, I think once and for all with Lonzo, um, I I think once and for all with Lonzo it gives New Orleans a chance to 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 see what they have in Lonzo. You know what I mean? Um, I, see, like, I, I would think that Lonzo basically plays the same role that he played under played with Drew next to Eric Bledsoe. And by the yeah. way, Bledsoe maintains the elite-level defense that they needed in order to hopefully, like, create something of a cogent defense. And by the way, uh, Shams just reported that Milwaukee is sending three first round picks to New Orleans for Drew. That's Holiday. a lot. So that's yeah. a lot. But you're giving up 24 and it, it, it had to be that at the end of the day. Like there's well, no way they get that deal done otherwise. At the end of the day. um, At the end of the day, if if 
Milwaukee was over a barrel, right? Like they had to keep, they have to do something to keep Giannis. So I think New Orleans did a good job and saying, I think uh, David Griffin did a good job of, of taking advantage of that. Um, yep. And I think that it was something that Milwaukee had to do. And considering the arms race that's going on in the Eastern conference, where it, it it's becoming increasingly likely that James Harden is going to be in the East, whether it be in Brooklyn or whether it be in Philly, um, that, I mean, it, it was a move that needed to be done. But this is really good for the NBA, right? Yeah. Like, this is terrific for the NBA because if James Harden goes east and, you know, Milwaukee just got Drew, Drew Bledsoe, um, Drew Holiday, I mean, <laughs> did I say Drew Bledsoe? You did. Shout out <laughs> Drew Bledsoe, man. Shout out Drew Bledsoe. Um, you know, I, I just really think that it's it's – we're we're gonna have two insanely competitive conferences right now because you're gonna have Milwaukee at the very least you're gonna have Milwaukee Brooklyn Miami Philly and um uh, and 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 Toronto and Boston you're gonna have six really good teams uh in the Eastern Conference and we all know how good the West is gonna be this is gonna be a really good year this is gonna be a really good NBA year I'm starting to get excited. I am so pumped right now. This is amazing. This is incredible. Uh, I am, I'm stunned. I'm honestly genuinely stunned right now by all of the shit that just happened. I mean, we started this podcast by saying the NBA is like exploding upon itself. And this happened while we were recording. Uh, oh man, that this is, this is fun. This is really, really fun. I guess like, let's go back to the Harden of this all uh oh my god so besides the three future first round picks going to new orleans there are also pick swaps <laughs> oh no this is okay now this is starting to get excessive all in all this is according to Woj. this is shaping up to be draft compensation similar to new orleans deal for anthony davis <laughs> <laughs> wow Okay, yeah, this uh this is dangerous now. <laughs> okay, yeah. this is this is basically you better keep Giannis or your franchise is gonna be done for ten years. Yeah. Okay. All in on a title. I love it. Let's do this thing. Um Okay. So I guess what my thing is with Houston now, they've got these two first round picks for Covington. They've got whatever is going to come down the pike for James Harden. And by the way, you damn well better believe now that the Bucks have set the price point for James Harden. If not more, it's going to be more than this well, right now. Here's the, here's the question. Uh, if, if Drew Holiday is, is, is bringing in three first rounders. Yep. Then that Brooklyn Nets comp that Brooklyn Nets compensation is not going to be enough to bring in. If Drew Holiday is bringing in three firsts, then Plus, the like, Nets don't have enough to get James Harden. Like let let's be very clear here. Like three first rounders, pick swaps, and Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, both of whom are like good basketball players. Like Eric Bledsoe 
is a more effective basketball player than Spencer Dinwiddie when we take into account defense. He was better this year than Spencer was. So th- this is, I don't see a world where Houston doesn't look at Milwaukee, doesn't look at what Milwaukee just got and say, we are not accepting this deal. We are not taking whatever you have to get. You might have to get a third team involved. Maybe that's the move. Right. Maybe you go out and get, Maybe the move is like you go out and get Minnesota involved and you try to get the number one pick that way. You try to get, um, you know, maybe you send like Karis Levert and something else to Minnesota for number one and then you take number one. Like there has to be something there. There has to be like a way. Houston, I think, is going to work as hard as it can to get the best draft assets that it can. Maybe that's Golden State. Maybe that's Minnesota. Maybe it's a team that they just think is really fucking bad next year, right? But if you trade James Harden to that team, that team is automatically not going to be bad enough to get you a top three pick next year in all likelihood. So what you have to do is you have to trade James Harden to a team that um, can give you picks after James Harden's contract expires. You see what I mean? I do. So I don't if, know that they're going to be interested in that though, because Tillman Fertitta is well, bleeding money. Remember? Well, right now you got they. <laughs> you have a 2020 pick now. All of a sudden, and now next year you have a 2021 protected pick. Yep, which may or may not convey. Um, and then you just kind of, and then you just kind of go from there. Basically, if you're, if you're an NBA team right now, your singular goal should be to have two picks in the 2022 draft because that's the double draft. But with the way that the lottery is, and with the way that, the lottery odds are so flat. I don't know that you can have much faith in getting picks for that. I don't think you can have faith that you're going to end up with like the number two overall pick or the number three overall pick. That's why like you almost want to guarantee yourself the ability to get number one. Now I feel like, right? Right. Right. And other stuff like or number two right now and other stuff. Maybe that's like that obviously could be the move. New Orleans basically right now set itself up to they've set themselves up to potentially profit. they, They have two two wells which they can go after and and that's uh, Milwaukee and, and and the Los Angeles Lakers. So with the Anthony Davis trade, they have all of the Lakers picks. Um, but if Anthony Davis, you know, signs long term, maybe those picks aren't great. But they still. But what if? But they can still maybe count on Giannis not being in Milwaukee, to which those picks could be could be great. Either or, they have a ton of assets. Uh, and they're going to yep. have a ton of assets 
for 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 the ability to make major moves down the line for ex- expressively like basically you know you're gonna have disgruntled stars every year right yep and you're gonna have you know 15 first round picks to be able to 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 maneuver to, to go and get you a star so you don't have to have these assets just for for draft purposes you can have them for trade purposes as well In New Orleans, in this case, already has their stars. They have Brandon Ingram and Zion. So they're going to be one of the more attractive teams going forward when it comes to free agency, when it comes to trades, potentially. They just need Zion to have an incredible year. If Zion has an incredible year this year and goes out and averages 30 points a night, and by the way, over his last like 20 games in the regular season before the stoppage, he was averaging 26 and 12. So me saying that he's going to average 30 in year two seems aggressive, but not out of the like realm of possibility. So, man, New Orleans is in a really good spot. Houston has potential to climb out of this, I think. I, I think so as well, because I think Houston can get – I think you can get a ton of assets for James Harden. You can get at least one – I think you can get one first-round pick for, for Russell Westbrook. I think you can get a first-round pick for P.J. Tucker from a contender. Uh, okay, that might be the – you might be able to get a first round pick for Eric Gordon from a contender. I can't imagine a world where you don't get at least one first for Eric Bledsoe or Eric Gordon. I'm sorry. Like you would think that he's worth a first, right? Agreed. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> The deal that still makes the most sense to me right now, and God, the NBA is going to be pissed when I say this. Now that they've moved Covington, it seems very clear that they're moving in a different direction. The deal that makes the most sense is Golden State for Harden. Oh, that would be terrific. That is the deal that makes the most sense. Because they can get the two very high-end capital assets while also taking him off the board for a potential Minnesota move as well, which then helps their Minnesota pick become valuable. That would, I mean, that would be good for Houston. I agree. I think that that's, that's the move. I mean, like, I'm I'm trying to figure out. Like, I'm trying to do, like, some, like, game planning on how this how this works, basically. I'm really trying to figure out what is the best that Houston can do for James Harden. And that's the one I keep coming back to. Maybe like well, Oklahoma can, City would, but like I don't think Oklahoma City is going to rebuild. The problem with the problem with that trade is you get to two high end picks, but you don't get you don't get a high end player out of that. Eric Pascal is 
is going to max out as an elite role player in this league. I don't think. Yeah, like Pascal's probably not going to be better than Andrew Wiggins at the end of the day. Right. But you're Um, also getting Wiggins, by the way. I mean, okay. I've been burned by Andrew so many times. I called him the next Tracy McGrady in 2014. And I'm just hurt right now. Like my feelings are hurt. He's going to have to prove it to me. He's going to have to prove that he can stay monogamous to me. Okay. So, I mean, if Andrew goes uh, until Andrew turns the corner and he's 25, he can still do it. But until he does, he's just a guy to me. Have you ever been burnt by a player before like this? Uh, Many times. I mean, in 2014, I mean, I, I was I was calling him the next Tracy McGrady. I said he was going to be a 10-time first-team All-NBA guy. I mean, I listen, my, my homies are are still killing me over this. So I'm, I'm just really hurt. Do you know so how many, Andrew's a guy. Do you know how many dumb things I've said over the years about Markel Fultz? Like figuring it out. Me, well, me and Markel, me and Markel are on the outs as well. I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I said that he was the best player in, in that draft, no question. And now my homies are killing me. Like they, they, they dug up a Facebook post where I said this from 2017, <laughs> and they were killing me on the Facebook post. They were like, "Well, this this aged poorly," and they were like, "You know, people were like, you call yourself a journalist? I had to delete the post." Oh my god! Oh my god! That's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else burned me. This is a great conversation while we wait for the next trade to break while we're in the middle <laughs> of podcasting. Uh, who else burned you? Maybe just like over the last five years. Huh? Who did I? Trey Lyles, Trey Lyles burned me a little bit. Yeah. You liked Trey a lot. I remember. That. I like Trey a lot to where I defended the pick. I defended the jazz picking Trey Lyles over drafting Devin Booker because because the Jazz already had Rodney Hood and I was just like Trey Lyles is going to be really good. Hmm. But that didn't hurt as much because Trey uh, Trey Lyles bought in Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, it feels feels like that's a win overall. <laughs> <laughs> who man, who burned me? I did like Harrison Barnes quite a bit. I thought Harrison was going to be a monster. Um, I thought Harrison was going to be good, but I didn't get on. He was going to be a monster thing. I thought he was going to be so good. I thought he was going to like, I remember the 40 point ACC tournament game and I was like, oh yeah, this guy turned the corner. This is, this is real. This is happening. And it just kind of never, just kind of never happened for Harrison, unfortunately. And by the way, Harrison's, awesome and having a like very very good career much in the same way that andrew wiggins is having a very very good career um man low i'm trying to think i liked adrian Payne quite a bit oh i did not because he was like old as dirt by the yeah. time he got to the draft <laughs> like i thought adrian i was like okay you know he's really good very, very good college basketball player. I'm not sure what his upside is going to be. 
Yeah, I saw a guy that was 6'10 with like a 7'4 wingspan, could shoot threes, was like a crazy athlete, and unfortunately just couldn't quite process the game quick well he never found a position i mean to be honest i mean he played the four in college he should have been a five at the nba level um i think if you know here's the thing he's interesting because i think that if he had come along five years later i think he might have been fine because nobody would have been trying to play him at the four they would have looked at him they would have been like okay he's definitively a pick and pop five right and there wouldn't have been any ambiguity at, f- for what he was at the start of his career, and I think he could have been fine. Yeah, yeah, and that just didn't. Maybe he came along a few years too early, too. Yeah, I think so as well. By the way, Mark Stein says that the chatter the last couple of weeks have been that, or has been that Giannis Antetokounmpo indeed plans to sign his five-year supermax with the Bucks before December twenty-first. So. This this deal certainly says that the Bucks are betting on that. Well, then if he does, then, then if he does, then guess what? The pick swap's worth it. Yeah, first rounders are worth it. Cause and I'm pretty and, and I'm pretty sure that if you're Drew Holiday, uh, you're signing an extension with Milwaukee, right? You're not going to be in a better position than this to win a title. If Giannis resigns. And Milwaukee is willing to extend you. Yes, you resign. Oh, and you, get, you just get the money. You just get the money at the end of the day. If listen, you're Drew, listen. Drew Holiday can go in there right now and average five points, five rebounds, and five assists a game. He's getting a contract extension because of what they just paid for him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he's not going anywhere. He is absolutely not going anywhere. Um. We've got we've got 15 minutes left. We wanted to podcast for an hour. Let's spend these last 15 minutes talking about the NBA draft. Where, where are we at on this thing? Because it's very clearly just like changing on a minute by minute basis. I think it's going to be chaos on Wednesday night. I, I have no idea what to think. I have no idea what to think. Like, does the chaos happen before Wednesday night at this stage? I think it's going to happen, you know, just through Wednesday all the way through. <laughs> I think it's going to be chaos. Like, it's unbelievable. Sam Presti and David Griffin have done an incredible job. By the way, I just keep coming back to that. I'm just like, Holy yeah, they've shit. they've done this is they've done an incredible job. This is unbelievable. Um. Do we want to do maybe three quick predictions on the 2020 NBA draft? Three quick, like, maybe let's say bold predictions where we think that, like, look, it's probably not going to happen. Aggregators, this is not us reporting shit. This is us fucking playing games and, like, not, um, not being like hyper 100% reporting serious. We're we're having fun here, right? This is this is speculation. Speculation alert aggregators. Okay. Um three bold predictions. Let's go back and forth and let's do this, you know, a minute and a half per prediction. So I okay. I will let you go first. At least one team trades in to the top 6 of the draft. 
Yes. What makes you say that? Oh, this is an arms race. And and teams want to get rid of and team there there are buyers and sellers on this market without without a lot of money being on the market. So at least one team will trade into the top six of the draft and maybe multiple teams. I like that one. It kind of flows with my first prediction a little bit. I think that Minnesota moves this pick at the top. I think that they trade the number one overall pick. Huh. I will say Uh, these deals that just happened make me wonder if it's more or less likely. But I think that they end up moving the number one overall pick. I just don't think that they are in love with either Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball. Because if they were, they would not be very clearly sorting through offers in the way that they are. Yes, I agree. Okay. Number two Uh, from you, Tony. This pains me to say it because like he's one of my two favorite players in the draft, but my number two prediction is Obi Toppin slides out of the top 10 of the draft. Okay. What makes you say that? I just see teams talking themselves out of the fact that he's 22 years old. So the the two places that I've heard, and I will say one of them is your New York Knickerbockers. Yes. Do it. The New York Knicks are all like, they're all over the map. I just did a podcast earlier with, uh, John Schmelk, who is over at WFAN. And the first thing I said was, look, the Knicks are all over the board. I don't know what the Knicks are going to do. I do think that if Toppin was there, they would be very, very interested in Toppin. Based off of what I've heard. Now, I also think that they're very interested in Isaac Okoro. I think they're very interested in Tyrese Halliburton. I think that there are a lot of guys that they have interest in. But... Between that spot and the Cavs at number five, I think he might be safe. But if he gets past those two spots, you are probably right that he drops. I would venture that that could happen. Okay. Number two for me. Number two, Alexei Pokushevsky goes somewhere within the top, top 16, let's say. He does not get outside of the top 16 picks. Uh, Along those lines, I'm hearing that you are a little bit more bullish on Jaden McDaniel's draft prospects. 
Um, possibly yes. Um, I have heard more excitement for McDaniels than where I personally have him. Like my NBA draft guide came out, by the way, uh, we're, we're 50 minutes into the podcast and I still have not mentioned my 2020 NBA draft guide. It's 90 pages. Please go subscribe to the athletic and download it. Jaden McDaniels is number 30 there for me. I am not really like a super high end believer of Jaden McDaniels, but most of the people I talk to seem to think he probably hears his name called within the top 20 of this draft. So I I would, I would say that I think McDaniels probably goes somewhere in that range. What do you think? I think the jazz are hoping that he's there at 23. I think they're thinking that he's going to be gone. So that kind of lines up with what I'm saying. Yes. All right, Tony, give me a third NBA draft bold, prediction one of the top five players in this draft 10 years from now will have be picked will have been picked in the second round of this draft fascinating okay okay where uh what makes you go with that Because every one of the top five players in this draft have significant flaws. And there are so many rotation level players in this draft that there, there is going to be one player that outplays his ceiling. I like that. And that player is going to be picked in the second round. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm in on that. Okay. My, my third one is going to be that the Pelicans, because David Aldridge just reported that uh, they have both 13 and now 24, that the Bucks first rounder from this year is involved in this deal. That they use 13, 24, and one of the many future first rounders that they have to move even higher in this draft to potentially select a wing or a guard. I like that. What are your, now who, who would that be? Like, I think Tyrese Halliburton would be very interesting there. Uh, it would be nah. like a Spider-Man meme with Lonzo, which would no. be fun. Um, oh, use, 13, use 13 and 24 to try to get Isaac Okoro. Yeah. I think that that's the one that makes a lot of sense. That's the one. Well. Yeah. Like, if you look at if you look at what they have, like, they have a score, right? They have Brandon Ingram. They have Lonzo Ball. They have, they have, uh, uh, they have Zion Williamson. You go and get a, a an Isaac Okoro who can just guard doesn't need the basketball to be effective offensively. I I like it. Yeah, I That's like it as well. Do. I like that as well. 
I think that's a smart move. Uh, but I, I'm going to say that they do that. I'm going to say that they package picks to move up in this NBA draft. One spot that makes sense, like I think Atlanta uh, at number six has been very active in trade negotiations, and that's one where I could see a move. Speculatively, not uh, we're not reporting. Not reporting this. This, this is happened, speculation. It's happened too often. I have to yell out that this is speculation. Not not get my ass aggregated by fucking Bleacher Report. <laughs> Whenever I'm just like bullshitting about the NBA draft right now. According to Sam Vecini and Tony Jones. This it's only a matter great. of time. Listen, I was I was I was playing 2K when you texted me today. Just getting ready to go and pick pick the daughter up from from cheer practice, and you were like, "Okay, we potting." And I was like, "Wait, what, Tony? You said, oh yeah, that's right, I did, I forgot. My bad. That's okay. We we brought it together at a perfect time. There could oh, not yeah. have been a better time for us to have recorded a podcast than right in the middle of all of this." Yes. So we did this perfectly, Tony. Uh, what do you want to plug here before we get out of here? Uh, on Wednesday, the history of the number 23 pick in the NBA draft and how it affects the Utah Jazz. <sighs> I love it. That's fantastic, Tony. Please go rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Please go... Subscribe to The Athletic to read my 2020 NBA draft guide. It is, I look, I'm a consumer of draft content like you guys are. I don't think I've seen every anything that has ever been this comprehensive that's been released. And like, that's probably braggy. And I feel like a fucking dickhead for saying it, but like, it's extensive and it will be well worth a subscription for you to take a look at it and take a look at the rest of the athletic website as well. Uh, I don't think you will be disappointed by that. Tony, for instance, subscribes to the athletic because he's a fan of the Washington football team and they continue to break his heart every single week, every single week. Not only are they breaking my heart every single week, they're breaking my heart by playing a 36-year-old quarterback instead of playing the first-round pick that they had last year. Yeah, that's wild. We're not even developing anybody. We're just playing old people at quarterback while we suck. It's absolutely crazy. Like, we're going to be trash whether Dwayne Haskins or Alex Smith is at quarterback. So... Maybe we should even be trash with Dwayne Haskins developing at quarterback. And if you don't want him at quarterback past this year, then maybe because he got better while you're playing him at quarterback, he has some trade value so we can get something for him so we can not be so trash. Love it. You got me started. I love it. This is this is what I needed. Uh We'll be back probably, uh, when will I record again? Who knows? It might be tomorrow. I might have to record another podcast tomorrow if this whole NBA continues to implode in upon itself. If not, it'll probably be Thursday. I might try and grab someone uh, to talk about the NBA draft after it happens. But until next time, we will talk soon.